<laughs> Yo. Hold on. There we go. There we go. Even Paul find, finds file to that old uh, intro there. Yes. But hello, everybody. Welcome. It is uh, <laughs> It is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, it's UK Cowboys time. How are we doing, guys? Guys, guys, guys. I'm a wee bit slow tonight, but obviously, as, the, as you may have just noticed just there, I completely messed up the introduction there. It's beautiful. That means we've all done it now. Everyone, everyone else, yeah. all right? The other two want to talk, yeah? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> just me and Paul talking? We're just all a bit giddy that DQ is staying. Yes. Yes. Some, I'm sure we'll get some... into that. What's yeah. Up, oh, yeah, we'll... We'll talk right into that in just a moment. Uh, but, yes, guys, we are officially fully into the off-season programme. Um, and. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. We were into it sooner than we was expecting. Uh, last week, Fan Rant, absolutely, as always, that show is always one of the most popular uh, shows. That I wonder why, mind you, it's so popular. But it gets a chance for everybody to get it off their chest, and now we can move on. So now we're into the draft series. Um, before then, we get into the off-season program, moving to season four, where it's going to be bigger and better. Um, a lot of plans on that one. Uh, but this week, it's a free agent review. Going to look at um, all the Cowboys free agents, who will take, who will keep. I've got valuations on all the players. So if you say the price is right, I can hit you with that. <laughs> no escape this time. Um, but yes, um, we'll get yep. into all of that. We'll do the news and updates uh, in a second. But before I hit that, I thought I'd ask you guys, right out of the bat, because we're into the draft series. I'm going to say right now, the world is your oyster at pick 24. Who are you taking? If, uh, if Linda Bond's there, definitely him. Okay. Yep. Grazios? Think... Oh, yeah. Go on, go on. Go on, go on, go on. I think uh, Green from Texas A&M is probably the, the top guard. And I think... One, we need to address one of the interior offensive line positions. We don't know if the problem last year with Kellen, uh, sorry, with Connor Williams was that Ty, uh, Biadish was the, the weak link, or whether um, Connor Williams was the weak link and he was affecting Biadish's style. Because obviously, one of those was having to adapt to the weakness of the other, mm-hmm. um, and mm. that's where the defenses were teeing off on. I mean. P- PFF amazingly has the con- uh, the, the grade for P- um, Connor Williams is seventy six, which is actually quite a, average. You know, something like this, sixteenth guard in the league or somewhere like that. So, yeah, it's um, average. Yeah, but obviously the the score for Biadish is pretty poor. Um, so w- one of those positions needs to be determined anyway. Mm. Which is quite funny when you think, when you look back, Biadish's, um if you look at his last few games before the season ended, he's probably the best offensive lineman in that line at the time. He was yep. playing, he's doing quite well. Oh, go on, Paul. I can see you're itching to say <laughs> something. Um, <laughs> the whole talk about Connor Williams, 
I completely disagree. If he can, if he's still making mistakes, like he's making like, like so the, the way I'm seeing it, right? When you've got <clears throat> Travis Frederick and you had mm-hmm. a Tyron Smith on your side, and if you were making lesser mistakes and stuff like whatsoever, that yeah, that how much is that really down to the fact that Tyron and Travis were basically covering up his mistakes? So to speak, you know what I mean? Like we're now actually seeing him like when our old like, like it was the same as last year. He was causing mm-hmm. a lot of problems because literally because we had Bayadish here and we didn't have pretty much Tyron for the whole season. But we, but with this season more in particular, it's like you know, like like, like I'm sure Corn like, like I keep saying like I'm sure Corn was a nice guy now, but I, I just don't think he's good enough. I really don't like. And I've I've been critical of him since day one. Since day one, like you can have the best guys, mother. They can probably just they can probably put the the cover on you to like. Um, I'm trying to find the right words to really describe it here. Like to, to cover up your own mistakes, like you don't normally would see. But we're actually seeing that a lot more now because our O line is that more diminished now. So mm-hmm. that's why that's why I'm saying yeah. goodbye to Connor right now. I would move on from him, get away from well, him. Well, here's a question for you though, right? That the offensive line, obviously this season, it 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 was okay, tailed off pretty quick. The season before and the season before that, relatively pretty much the same offensive line, bar one or two players, i.e. Tyler Biadish, Connor Williams has played most part, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins. <laughs> Do you think that in the space of those two years, they've forgotten how to play the position all of a sudden? (laughs) They've forgotten how to do it. Or do you think perhaps we've had a coaching problem and they've been coached the wrong way? Yeah. uh, Oh, yes. Yeah. uh, I I would kind of tend to agree with that. Um, And Lauren made a really great point a couple of weeks ago. He feels like... I think, I think it was yourself that said it's like it feels though that our off the way our offensive O line coaching has become right now has become a lot more softer, mm-hmm. and I do tend to agree with that. I don't see the the tenacity. We're not seeing the pure grittiness of our O line once was when we had Demarco uh, Murray as our running back, when we had mm-hmm. him as our running back, and how our O line was run back then. It's like those guys would open up the like we would make. The Mahamari run over for a thousand yards that season, back in twenty fourteen. Was it I twenty fourteen? The 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 year the playoff, the the no catch yeah. year. Yeah, and yeah. and you can see the difference in that offensive line that year, like that very that athletic, year, very athletic, very tenacious, uh, tenacious, like very willing to put the like just willing to drive people down to the ground. We're not seeing Gets that to the second anymore. level. We're not seeing that anymore. Mm. And, and you and think, I, though, that you take away Travis Frederick, yeah? yeah? Connor Williams was in there, too. Maybe not back in 2014. But, you know, if you go back a couple of seasons, that, you know, they, they, they were all showing that level of, of athleticism and getting into the backfield, and it, uh, not backfield, but into the second level, um, throwing those hands up and getting inside, it, it, into the defensive bodies and, and creating these massive gaps. And then all of a sudden this year they've forgotten how to do it. Yep. Yeah. There has to be something common. Because bear in mind, right, Zach Mine, we talk about how amazing he is. 
he had a, quite a bad season, especially against the 49ers. Well, he got beat. He, he was whiffing. Yeah, yeah. Um, of all of his seasons, it's probably one of his, not as one of his best ones for sure, but even still, he was still without a doubt our best offensive lineman. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, the then again, if you go back to the 49ers game, but Tyler Biarish was probably the best offensive lineman in that game. But, well, but this is, this is, I'm just talking <laughs> from a season perspective, like here. But, oh, no, yeah, 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 but, yeah. But for, for, for Zach Martin, how many times have he tried to cover up Biarish mistakes and he's the one that's been caught out by trying to cover up for someone else? Yeah. And this is what yeah. I mean. It's like, like the O line is is a chain. If one of those one of those links are broken, you're trying to salvage it to try and keep it connected, and that seems to be what was the case this year. It's like mm-hmm. whatever link like link was broken, someone was trying to overcompensate and try and cover someone else's ass, pretty much. And that's yeah. what. And it's and it shouldn't have to be like that. Like there was no unison within our O line at all. Yeah. Like yeah. even though, yeah, we've still got over a thousand yards from seat. We still had a good decent amount of yardage. Well, so let me add an injured seek. Let me just add that. Uh, we've also had Tony Pollard, but I still thought he had a good season. Um, injured as well. Injured as well. So when you play those factors into it, but, but how many times though? Here's the thing: how many times did our running backs fail to get past the line of scrimmage? Mm. And that's the number one problem I had this year. Was, and that's what a pe- lot of people are criticizing more, putting more blame on the running backs towards the O line. But it's the O line's job to open up those gaps and make those blocks. But that's just not yep. happening right now. Yeah, and yeah. and you can almost go back to last year as well. We get we gave the O line the benefit of the doubt because there were so many combinations that they used. But yeah. that was a that that was a filled offensive line last year as well. And we were talking last year. We were talking that. You know, Zeke was getting tackled at, at two yards in the backfield and still managing to get to the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, so this... And, you know, obviously, if you've been listening to the draft shows, a few people have pointed out on in the comments there that, um, you know, I, I had a question raised tonight. I've still to properly listen hey. to the show, but... Um, <laughs> You know, obviously, Broadus has been uh, advocating the last couple of shows that, you know, Philbin needs to be gone. And, yeah, you know, as I agree. A, and yes, that was I where agree. I was trying to go with it. I was trying to lead yeah, you. I'm, so, that, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry for changing. Sorry, can I kind of just, uh, just uh, change the, the topic of the, the main question? <laughs> but, yes, Philbin needs to go, I think. I think we need a yeah. new approach to the online coaching. Just the, the some aggression problem, the in is, there. But, sorry, go on, no, the problem is he is best friends with McCarthy, so you know it, it, it is a McCarthy coaching hire, and that's mm. that's where we've got the problem. So, but I mean, you know, this is it's almost like when we had Paul Alexander, the the ex Cincinnati coach, that came in and tried to teach all of our guys how to <laughs> use leverage more than use using uh, pure power, um, and you know. Obviously, he lasted about five weeks, and then Garrett canned him, and brought in Colombo and brought Hudson Hook back in as well. So, mm. um, you know, we're certainly the last two years we've seen it tailing off. Last year, we obviously gave them the benefit of the doubt, COVID injuries, whatever. This year, you know, you don't have that, and yeah. you know, 
surely, surely when they're doing the the off season evaluation, I'd be I'd be talking about making a change now. Yeah, especially yeah, how you're, especially, especially how you're seeing um, our offensive lines with not so much more more studied names, for example, or with more well not as high um, higher priced running back out there. They're still doing their business out there. It just wants to show it's it is down to the coaching end of the day as well. The coaching is everything. Um, yeah. You know, especially, you know, your position coaches. Yeah. That's where it all is. They instill what the coordinators are trying to get into them. And that's the thing. It's, it's, and it, you can put as much blame onto the players, yeah, to a certain extent, but it's it's down to the play calling, to the coaches, to how they're being coached, how the mm-hmm. drills are being drilled. It's all down to them. If they're not being coached right to their strengths and strengths and not against their weaknesses, then you're bound to get issues, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and when you look at, as well, when you look at how they played, especially with the slow starts, mm-hmm. you say, if they're coming out the block slow, that's preparation, bad preparation, where they're going in with a plan A, they don't have a plan B, and they're trying to figure it out on the flight, especially with the O-line. When you think, we get to the 49ers game in the playoffs, and we still haven't decided who our best five are, in what position. We were still jiggling around, figuring it out. You, know, know. You, you would think within the first quarter of the season, you figured out who those guys are, and you need to, because those five guys, if anything... Your five offensive linemen, as a unit, I'm not saying individually players, but as a unit, your, your five offensive linemen need to be the most cohesive yeah, throughout and the season. That, that was one thing that bothered me the most, but I don't think that bothered me more than it bothered Graham. Like, Graham, was, I don't know how many times you were absolutely going after you're not about that, Graham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, They need to be a team. I mean, you could argue that the entire left side are offensive line. It was stacking. the issue, yeah. Yeah, um, it's pretty much the left side, yeah. It was. I mean, as much as I love Tyron Smith, um, whether it's a regression or simply down to his body, it's not there anymore. I mm. called it at the start of the season. Tyron Smith, by hook or by crook, one way or another, Tyron Smith is not a 17-game-a-season player. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, that is that is not my personal opinion. That is fact. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is I mean, in the I, stats, and it's been in the stats for, for four years at least. I thought twenty fourteen. Was... Really? Is that long? Yeah. It's been seven seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen, some one of those years. It was, yeah. it was the last my, time we played the full sixteen games. My biggest criticism was um, again a point that Big Game James brought up. When he was he was on the show, our mm. best offensive lineman did not finish the season. Our best yeah. our best five. Terrence yeah, Steele, best five. Terrence Steele was easily wow, well, I can't, can't believe I'm saying these words, but <laughs> Terrence Steele was easily one of the best five and he did not play. Yeah. Yeah. Um now, fair enough, he's not he's not a centre, he's not a guard, but if you want to get your five best on the field, you find a way. Yeah. And I, I mean, and we I, spoke about Terrence Steele when Heckman Harrison was on the show, yeah. and he was like, I'm not so sure. But even then, we were looking at it and going, we're telling you. And turns out, 
you know, that's what they should have stuck uh, with. Any any thunder and roundness is like, yeah, no, no, yeah. he start, starts to see that now. And, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is with Steele is like he completely blown us away, like from when you compare him to the last season to now. It's like <laughs> yeah. he's, he, he's completely 180. He's completely like done the right things from the yeah. offseason, went to the right mm-hmm. offseason coaching. I can't remember the name of the guy that you mentioned, Lone. You mentioned him last week. Duke, Duke Miniweather. That's the guy. And yep. he spent time with him, developed his body more for the position, whether it's going to be guard or whether it's going to be tackle and that. But by God, he did a. I thought he did a great job, and I think he earned no, his he right. I thought he earned his right to play that position after the whole. You, we can go into the whole Lyle Collins situation as well. Like to me, Collins has lost the trust of the backroom staff because of that, and yeah. and, and I don't know why he was thrown back in to a position where. Um, He's not played five five straight games and just expect to be like that. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. And, and it, mentally, he was off as well. And I think he was one of the biggest culprits during our San Francisco game. Like, he was getting beat quite a lot in that San Francisco mm-hmm. game. Yeah, and yeah. we was. I mean, they all were getting with it, and they weren't even blitzing. No, <laughs> they were just doing four man rushes. And well, I'm, I'm just trying. You to would think. How- how many? Well, I think was it two, two blitzes they ran for that whole game, and that was just it. One, so just the one, just the one. There you go. One blitz. That that just shows it all, like how weak. And we couldn't player. contain them. Those five guys couldn't contain those four guys. I know. And and, and, and is... when and when you think that Bosa was, you know, they got four well, sacks yeah, gone for most came of off it. The pitch. Yeah. yeah, and they seemed to get worse when Bosa yeah. left. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which makes no sense. But here's one, guys. Right, we'll get to the news and updates, and then we'll hit the free agent review, and we'll get your thoughts and opinions. But we'll hit the news and updates, and then we'll crack on with it. Okie dokie. So it is fairly straightforward on the news and updates this week. So first of all, big one, which had Cowboys uh, Nation talking quite wildly, was uh, Sean Payton from the 49ers. Retired, finished. He's done 49ers. the season. 49ers, did I say? Saints. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, still got 49ers on my mind. Yeah, so finished with the Saints. Um, obviously, there's a big Dallas connection. A lot of people are saying... You know, get him away. And Jerry does love painting. Was the assistant head coach here for a period of time. And he still has, um, I believe it's in North Texas, he has a property, um, which he pretty much has had the entire time. So there's a lot of connection with Dallas. The only thing I would say is, although I think the fit in terms of him as a head coach here, I just wonder how much... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? How much like because he's been with the Saints for as long as we can remember. I mean, he's been there a long, 15, long 15, time. Fifteen years. Yeah, well, I was going to say I can remember. I was in the Air Force at the time, going away and like Drew Brees and Sean Payton being the big topic, you know, because they they literally um, yanked the New Orleans Saints out of the gutter. Really, when you think about it, they, they had nothing but failure until he turned up with Drew Brees. Um, yeah. And he didn't even draft Drew Brees. Well, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Hellman, Hellman had Hellman had a stat on the draft show earlier this week that, mm-hmm. or that um, you know, in all the years up until Peyton uh, became head coach, New Orleans had got to playoffs four times 
So I think 1976 was when they came into, into wow. being. So from yeah. 1976 to 2006, mm. um, that was they made Only it four hard. times, and and. Those four times, obviously, the 49ers won the division. They came, they got in as the wild card, mm. and they were one and done. They didn't win their first playoff game until 2006. Crazy. Um, and then Peyton has had them there nine years. Yeah. And, and taking them to the Super Bowl as well. And you could, argue, you could argue playoffs. You could you could argue, but for the the referee screwing them in the forty um, nine Oh no, yeah, the Rams, wasn't it? Rams game, yeah, um, still incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, you say that we have bad luck with the referees, or you oh know, god, yeah, yeah. Sean yeah. Had that. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like look at the Vikings game. That that was you know the Minneapolis yeah. miracle. I mean. Well, that was not on Sean Payton. That was on a player's uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that in their playoffs, that's the type of games they have. Just these, ex- yeah. you know, they they're always memorable, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. it, it, is, it is. It is lots and lots of fun with, with him being it. Whether he comes to Dallas, I don't know. Certainly, I don't think it will be the 2022 <clears throat> season. If anything no. ever was to happen. No. Mike so McCarthy was, is yeah. cemented. He, he's got a foundation year now at the moment. And I think as much as people are arguing, although that seat is toasty, I, you know, Mike McCarthy's yeah. seat is toasty at the moment. I can't see him going anywhere. I'm sorry, but I can understand why it would be toasty, but at the same time, I'm just like it's been a great progression since like since he's got here. That's right. Uh, like what well, like, right. like take it from the whole general perspective. Again, like NFC we, East uh, champion. Right, yeah, right. So, so we've won the NFC East, right? Which yeah. is fine. Right. But but I'm well, from since McCarthy's got here, he's taken over a Jason Garrett error, whatever. Scott Linehan, blah. Like the only thing he kept obviously was Kellen Moore. We can always talk about that as well. Like, That's but, next. But but, <laughs> but, but 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 the point is like he what from Houston to on, it's been slowly progression. That like, yeah, we had a really terrible season. Yes, we lost Stack. Yes, whatever. But when you look at it from the overall perspective, it has been a progression. We have drastically improved this year as defensively, especially with the acquisition of Dan Quinn. Um, with age, uh, like that, uh, did you see our offense is still a wee bit on the edge? Yeah, but but as an overall collective, we have improved. Is there still more room for more improvement? Absolutely. But the fact, the matter of fact, does it's like the media and all the stats were saying, oh, we had the number one offense, we had the number one this and that. But at the same time, we were being the most harshest critics of our own team. Like we still were not satisfied. We no. never. We should, and and in a way, we're rightly, rightly so. We shouldn't be. We did. We demand like the players that we've got in that team and that roster. We demand execution and perfection every time. But we I, weren't. Really <clears throat> I was. I was hoping you'd bring this up, Mike. Um, I. I. You love a stat. I dropped a stat in our our private chat. Um. So these these are from um. These are from a, 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 a Wikipedia, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So don't don't quote me. 
but someone, someone's... No, we will. It. We will. You're, so, you're putting them, so we will. Sean Payton, one Super Bowl mm. and a postseason record of 0. 0.529. See, I, right? this is the thing I wanted to mention, Graham. I know where you're going, yeah. yeah. Mike McCarthy, one Super Bowl, postseason record of 0. 0.526. Mm. It's not much difference. Now, why yeah. is Mike McCarthy way down here and Sean Payton's away up here? I, I don't understand it. See, I think it's more, more the rosters that they've both done it with. The Green Bay have always done it with a better roster, but then that goes to I, show about ros- uh, you know, roster composition, you know, the, the control of their players. It, it's all coaching management. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. Drew mm-hmm. Brees. I'm not duds. Drew Brees, yeah. yeah no, 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 yeah. yeah I'm, I'm I mean, not... when you look at it, the quarterbacks that they both had, they both done them with, with you know, very uh, red hot quarterbacks, but yeah, um, that is interesting. But moving on, point, though, my main point is that there seems to be a romanticism around Sean Payton because he has a Dallas yeah. connection. Yeah, but there is that. We, we talk about it in UK football all the time. Just because you know the club that you're joining doesn't mean you're going to be an instant success. Yeah, well, here's a prime example. Here's a prime example, and Graham will understand this one. So, Celtic signed a player called James McCarthy who is a lifetime Celtic supporter. But I don't f- I like if if he, just because he's a lifelong Celtic supporter doesn't really give him the right to say he's going to be absolutely fantastic, you know what I mean? So and the yeah. same with those but it doesn't matter if you're like say for example you've always supported the Dallas Cowboys your whole life but you were so you're not the best player in the world. It doesn't mean you necessarily you're not always. You should be given the right to be there. Like, like how many players have we actually had in Dallas where they've not necessarily been Cowboys fans as kids? But it's it, it's same goes with with the NFL. It's like you get drafted where you get drafted. You get same. You get same with. It's like you should take your own personal um, a support. Away from it because you're there to do a job. As as end of the day, you're there to do a job. And, Sorry, and mate, I, I, know, I know you wanted to move on from this subject, but <laughs> I just feel like see all see all the criticism being leveled at Mike McCarthy because the Cowboys weren't ready for the the wild card round. I'm sorry, if you're paid half a million dollars a week plus, it's not up to you whether you're motivated or not. You have to yep. be motivated. I don't need see if I'm see if I'm getting a paycheck for a million dollars a game. I don't need a, a head coach to fire me up. Absolutely not. If you're Absolutely. being paid, if, yeah, you, if, you, if you're a Cowboys player and you need motivation after receiving your half million dollars paycheck, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be on the team because that's not good enough for me. Yep. I mean, level it, level it. Fans can level it at Mike McCarthy or the like, but he can't go on and execute the plays. It's the Cowboys' yeah. offense that we should Absolutely. be targeting yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And again, this, and it, 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 see, this is where I'm kind of getting that. It's like it's it's between that player responsibility and the coaching responsibility. It's like it is. Well, for me, I I do tend to think like there is blame to be thrown shade at, like Zadak and CD Lamb for not making the important catches he's made. The O line not making our blocks, but at the same time. It goes back to what we're kind of going about, like the coaching side, but you know, but that, that, that's what I was kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, in sticking with our news and updates, um, in other news, 
Callum Moore looks like he'd be staying as OC. Um, been to his interviews. Um, been had his talks. Um, no offers, so he's continuing to stay. Um, in other news, Mike Parsons this week uh, got both defensive rookie of the year and rookie player of the year. Um, so that's a, a good one. That is a good one. Uh, also, no brainer. Oh yeah. Uh, also, in other news, and I get to the big news in a second. Don't forget Super Bowl party, UK Cowboys Super Bowl party. Uh, that will be in uh, this year. We're taking it on the road to Glasgow. Um, so there it is. Uh, make sure you get your accommodation, your travel, and most importantly, all your documentation or passes for COVID, etc., etc. We don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, well, as far as, um, we know, it's, as far as we know, things are starting to get lifted, so it's it's on the good side of things now. Um, yep. So yes, uh, so a. We'll confirm more things as it leads up to the more closer to the time. But as far as we know, it's looking much more lighter on the restrictions side of things. Yep. So yep. it's all it's all go pretty much the the events all uh, sorted. It's all about to uh, just need to get you guys to come over and join the party. We have yep. everything organised, and me and Paul have the party room. Just so you're aware. The hotel room is Mike and Paul's room. <laughs> We've got the, the the cars are on order. The whiskey's in. The tequila's in. <laughs> uh, I'll sleep in the bath, mate. Don't worry. But um, in other news as well with UK Cowboys, we have a signed Dak jersey raffle. All the members where of UK you, Cowboys. Where, where did we pull that one off? It's up yeah. there. Get over there. It's yeah. up. Uh, get I your think, name I down. All, get I it on there. The slots, I think all the slots are taken, though. Uh, they are they taken? Lauren bought half of them. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, don't you worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Mess out on that. See, you got I want the second prize. I want. I want the, the Bob Lilly shirt. The Bob Lilly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, not to worry. We will. Try and move and jiggle some things around and get that sorted. Um, but there is more raffles, off-season shenanigans and fun. Um, the Dak jersey and the Bob Lilly jersey is up at the moment. Um, so that's a lot of fun. In other news as well that has come out, um, somebody asked us the question last week, do you see anyone being franchise tagged? There is serious consideration about Dalton Schultz getting it. They are looking at Dalton Schultz and thinking of giving him the, the franchise tag. We'll get to so, that in a moment. Um, but in biggest news, probably of the off-season so far for the Cowboys, Dan Quinn is stays. He is staying as a Cowboy. There has been a financial incentive uh, from what we've heard, but obviously there would be. Um, but bear in mind... Uh, which has come out just recently, he has been as well awarded Assistant Coach of the Year. There we go. No-brainer. No-brainer. There we go, Chris. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. My, my guess being that he doesn't he doesn't want to go to a project and, and uh, have to start again. I think he's, he's just enjoying being where he is. Yeah, yeah you, you, you just don't know what drives these things with yeah. some coaches. Yeah, because here's the thing: you see all these teams with um, that that were interviewing them. That mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty, right? Yeah, within their offense, within their defense, like Giants, Jags, mm-hmm. Bears, 
Um, who was the other team? Broncos. Yes. Yeah, so, so those yeah. four teams, like, like, yeah, potentially those teams could probably do something. And like, well, I tell you something though. Um, I know I'm kind of jumping ship, but the the acquisition okay? acquisition of Jacksonville did. I think they've made the right choice. Like for mm-hmm. the, for the OC from Tampa. Yeah. Well, it's always tricky. I always find coaching highs very tricky to judge. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that he's there and that he's staying. Yes. News on the contract and all the rest of it is important. But I think what what bodes most importantly is when you think last year, we had it was a massive defensive draft. Um, when you look at the players, that it was nearly an, an all defensive player draft. Yeah. And when you think that. The coach has quite a lot of say on who he wants to draft. So he's coached his players. So if Dan Quinn was to go, those plays he drafted last year have now got a serious level of development that they have to go through. He stays. So they're his guys he's going to try and bring up. Mike, I had to bring up this comment from Digidog, and this is a really great point. It's yeah. like Quinn staying for free agency is going to have massive influence on players mm-hmm. to stay. Yep. Well, I, you also I, you also think that um, Joe Wett Jr. is in the in line for a couple of the DC mm, positions that are going correct, as well. Correct. Yeah, so I've seen that if, floating if, around. If we'd, lo- if we'd lost Dan Quinn and Joe Wett Jr., then you know, God knows what our defense we we could be looking at another Mike Nolan style defense next year. Um, <laughs> that, thankfully, yeah, yeah. we've got we've got Quinn back. We can risk. Losing Joe Witt Jr. Um, maybe get somebody else in to cover him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that now that all the you know there's been so much upheaval as to who who's got the job, who's got these jobs. Everything's now starting to fall into place, and we we talk that Kellen Moore at the moment has been missed out. But I mean that report that saying he wasn't being in consideration that was before Sean Payton announced that he was stepping away. So that's mm-hmm. another position. Um, about I heard they're going to bring the DC up. Yeah, they're they're talking about uh, promoting from within, but I think who's the other one? There is somebody that they're talking about um, interviewing as well from outside, and obviously they've got to do a couple of minority candidates for the the Rooney role anyway. So, mm. um, but you you never know, Kellen might have a chance there as well. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, of course, yeah, that's uh, news and updates for now. And what I thought we'd do is because next week mm-hmm. is going to be all heavy looking at prospects. You know me, I've got my draft board, it's up as we speak. Um, in fact, yeah. I might bring it to Glasgow with me so Paul can clap an eyeball. He'd be very impressed. <laughs> Mike. He's, uh, he, he loves this stuff. Mike. My draft board is all up I'll now, be... but go on. I'll be too drunk to even be that. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> but, but uh, I, 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 I had to bring out Chris's comment here. I was like, you know what? I'm actually not against that, to be honest, because I think we need every bit of inch of help for the old line winner. So it wouldn't surprise you. Me. You know, there's, there's worse ways to build an old line. You basically take three, just one, two, three offensive linemen and see who sticks, <laughs> to be yep. perfectly honest. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I can think of worse ways to do it. <laughs> I'm not opposed to the idea of drafting, mind, a wide receiver in the second round. No. no. Think about it. Think think about this. Gallup's out for the season. 
Garth's out for this. It could be out for this all the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's certainly the start. And the strength of your team is you, your receiver core. Although we'll, we'll talk about Cooper in a moment. Build strength on strength. Every, every team tries to go down a road of what's your strongest position. Sorry, you're getting out numbers here in the comments. That's all right. That's okay. But all I'm saying is be prepared because it's something that could fall to you. The one thing I would say, uh, as we are looking at it now, under contract, we have Amari, C.D. Yep. Lamb, yep. Simi Sohoku. Correct. And then we're talking a whole of the guys that were signed as futures from the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Noah Brown is out. Cedric Noah Wilson's Brown's out. out. Cedric Gallup's Wilson's out. out. Malik Turner's out as well at the moment. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. So, so, so when you put it in that perspective, then yeah, but I don't, I don't see it. Like when you're talking about second round and stuff like that, if anything, I could like this year's supposed to be an actually good year for wide receivers. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not, not really. No. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. You've got a lot of choice, but in terms of talent gap, you've got a, a, a good amount that you could take between the 15 and late 20 area. Then after that, it's a drop off. Okay, mate. Can can I put you on the spot? Of course, so you say, can. that's what we we're here for. See, we have to take our wide receiver at 56. I'm going to give you a choice of three. Lauren, you might answer this question. I think Paul and I are out of this one, but Lauren, you might be able to answer this one as well. I'm going to give you a choice of three. So you yep. can have John Mechie, wide receiver Alabama. Okay. You can have David Bell, wide receiver mm. Purdue. Or you can have George Pickens, wide receiver Georgia. Who are you going with? Mm. Right. None. None. Um, what, what, what are you after? Is the question? I'm going to ask a question with a question because um, Bell and Pickens are both very tall and and very streamlined wide receivers. The bigger guys, where um, you were you were talking about John Meshi, yeah, yeah. He's more your prototypical type of wide receiver. Something you see within the league a lot of. Yep. So I, really, I, would, I, I, I know it's a cop out answer, but that's the way I, I would answer it to you. Like, like Pickens is the tallest guy; he's like six foot four. I mean, we've not even had the combine yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going. I'm, I'm completely agreeing with everything that's been said on the comments right now, from DJ Doll <laughs> to Chris right now. Like, and it's something I am strongly like. I don't. I, I, the only thing I will say when it comes to a wide receiver this year is like we might pick up someone in free agency, players will get re-signed, but I don't really see ourselves getting a wide receiver in the draft in the late, until the late rounds. If anything, we what we will probably end up doing is like everyone's kind of thinking the same thing maybe is we will definitely draft offensive linemen in the first or second rounds. Well, this is what I would say to you, that you were talking about the second round, uh, you know, 56 with John Meshi, right? Saying that he's that more prototypical type. The one thing I will say that what he reminds me of is something that the Cowboys are lacking on offense, which is speed. And he's very Tyreek Hillish. I agree with you, Paul, but Jerry loves a splash. And if we've gone offensive line on the first day, 
he wants to get in that pool. Mashi for me would be the guy to take only because yeah. when you look at the Cowboys offense, it is quite slow. It is a slow offense. Wait, it, what, it, we're what we're talking here, we're talking wide receiver, we're talking offensive. Yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about? wide receiver. Oh, why are we still so, talking about this? <laughs> yeah, because we are. <laughs> And John John Mashi John Mashi is he, he he is a very fast guy. He's very Tyreek Hill. That's the one thing I will say. So is John Ross, but look at him. John Ross is a different type of receiver, though. He's a straight matter. line runner. Ah, and he doesn't have very good hands. But I'm just saying that that's an option you can go down, right? But let's get into the valuation, right? Because as it stands right now. Michael Gallup, and who else have we got? We've got Dalton Schultz, which I'll bring his valuation up for you as well. And the other guy we wanted to look at is Cedric Wilson, right? Now, Michael Gallup, because obviously uh, with the injury, his valuation at the moment is around $2.6 million a year on the cap. That's what you would take for him to be signed. I mean, like, you don't know how he's going to react after the injury, the type of wide receiver he is, and it's an ACL tear, and the way, you know, like, the medical procedures on ACLs have gone nowadays, they're pretty good, and they, they recover quicker. I, th I don't think he'd be ready for camp, but I think yeah. maybe a few weeks into the regular season, you're going to see Michael Gap. But would you do that? Would you take <laughs> him for 2.6? Yeah. Well, well, well yeah, bro. Yeah. But, well, here's it the is. Thing. Well, well, here's the here's the thing. Wouldn't it be more logical from the Cowboys to like give a more of a bonus incentive? Like you'll have a, a certain amount of guarantee, but the rest will be based on bonuses. Because if they, if he can stay fit, or based on what is, like, I know it sounds bad to say that, but the Cowboys are taking a risk by re-signing them. If that's the case, is so the any, issue. So would any other yep. team. But the Cowboys would actually would be like saying we know what the players like, yada yada yada. But yeah, I mean, for two point six, I mean, I even think we can probably go cheaper than that. But it'd be you more probably based. could, but I'm but, thinking the valuation I'm, is taken in consideration of that. Well, I'm just saying based on like it could be based on a bonus idea where you could probably make that money based more on bonuses. Mm. And the the, the issue being is how he reacts to the surgery, which is the big shroud, if you like, with Michael Gap, and how do the the coaches and the staff see that? You know, how how are they valuing that? That we're saying this is the value, but you don't know. They could be turning around, getting, and we know the medical staff in Dallas are like. I mean, they're pretty red hot, oh, yeah. so they're going to be all over <laughs> this, and they can give their their opinion. And what I truly believe is. That what it comes down to in terms of medical impact is what they get from their medical staff is how they decide if they want to pay that two point six million or there or thereabouts, or whether they decide to well, abandon the whole idea and leave Michael Gallup hit free agency. There's no doubt in my mind that Cowboys medical staff and let's just remember that they these are the same guys that helped Jalen Smith actually play football to now. Mm -hmm. But yeah. let's just remember that. So yeah, Gallup's in really good hands, and it would yeah. not, and, and it would not, uh, it would not cross my mind. They are working on Gallup right now to kind of put him through the physical treatments, put him on to whatever, mm -hmm. like all the recovery process. Right now, it would not surprise me because they <laughs> like 
lecturers, they want to make sure and make an evaluation to what comes to that day of, of when his conduct has come up. Do they want to re-sam him or not? Yeah, yeah, right. definitely. Am I right in thinking that no one's allowed to examine Gallup's knee until after free agency starts? Uh, yeah, he, techni- when, technically yeah, yeah. the Cowboys player. Yes, Yeah, correct. yeah. The yeah. Cowboys can still work on it and still whatever, you know, but um, yeah, tell us basically my point being that you know we'll be in a better position to to offer an exact what is what his market value is knowing the situation of the knee whereas other teams won't know how the knee is doing and you never know the cowboys could say to him look mike your knee is not ready it's it's not it's not lived up to what we thought it was going to be stay with us on a team-friendly deal you know, like they're going to be in well, a far better position to talk to to Gallup about his knee than anybody else. The the problem the problem being is it is is normally a sort of eight eight to nine month injury anyway. So yes, correct. And, and that's that's when you start getting back into doing the the, the to get football ramp, ready, ramp, yeah, ramp, yeah, ramping up a rehab and everything. Mm. So I mean, at right at this moment, chances are, what he went down. What was a week? 15 or so something like so, that yeah you're talking back, december back, yeah middle of december so you're talking yeah. about yeah. um maybe week two of the season yeah middle Possibly. middle of august Possibly. middle of august you're maybe starting on the cords properly i mean, I mean yeah. that, that, as, as, from the earliest time yeah so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't know how he's going to react or how deep of a tear it was because they they give them different grades of tear and see um, again, and again, this is just the whole. This process. is what we don't know. Yeah, and yeah, this you is, don't and, you don't know when the operation's been as well. I mean, exactly. They, they don't norm. They normally have to wait at least a week for this. You know, the knee obviously swells up to to um, compensate for everything, and they they try and wait for some of the swelling to come down before they actually operate on it. So. It's how his body reacts quickly enough to to reduce the swelling before they actually operate as well. So, I would imagine if it was week fifteen they went down, it'd probably be week sixteen, maybe even week seventeen where he actually got the um, <coughs> got the operation done, and then you know, e- e- even come March. 10th, March 16th, whatever the, the date of the new, new league year is and free agency opens, the, the, it'll be still too early to actually say how the knee is, other than, yeah, the knee's been successful. We've, we, we've managed to operate and we haven't had to we haven't had to amputate it from below the knee or something like that. <laughs> amputate? Um, Jesus. <laughs> Worst worst case scenario, but you know that that's what I'm saying. As long as they're happy that they're happy, they've managed to sew everything in. They haven't left a Rolex watch in on the X-rays or something like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's one for you though, right? While we're on the the subject of receivers, I've got two for you. Um, we'll talk about one of them, which I mentioned in the news and updates. Uh, the other one, Cedric Wilson. Who was having quite a decent season, bit up and I, down, not completely reliable, but here's one for you. His valuation at four point two mil. Ooh. It has a skyrocket towards the later part of the season. And obviously you can use him on those trick plays and Exactly. 
Although I think his last couple of trip plays that kind of fell short on him um, may have hindered his, his valuation a little bit. I do think mm. four was it four point two? You just said there. Yes, uh, yeah. is a bit of a uh, overestimation. I think personally. I mean, you could go and get you could go and get a receiver in the third or fourth round that would cost you a quarter of that. There we go. There we go. I'm told this is where we're going high. now. There we go, because the other guy that we're talk we're looking at, Noah Brown, who is fine, you know, um, he's not a bad wide receiver, not again, not completely reliable, inconsistent, but a good special team as half a mil. But that's not a guy you want to be taking out while Gallup's out injured as your third wide receiver. And because look- Ga- Gallup, you, if we say at latest halfway through the season, wide receiver one and two. We know. The third guy, this is where the problem lies. You just said you don't want to go Cedric Wilson, right? Because that's an expensive valuation. So now we go back to my original comment of, what about a wide receiver at round two? It could be some undrafted free agents um, after the draft. Who knows? I mean, I'm just, I'm I'm going to use, I know he's, his name might be kind of forbidden for the time being because he's playing with another team right now. Um, the whole Cole Beasley idea, he was undrafted and look how he became. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, who knows that we be one of those. This is why I keep saying we'll probably end up getting a right receiver in the later rounds. Like, it's fifth, very possible. It's fifth, very six, possible. fifth, sixth, or seventh because we had, was it uh, Ryan Switzer at one point as well? He was drafted late in the draft. We had other players drafted late in the draft, and they actually turned out like good, like they contributed well. But obviously, they weren't the top three raid received within the top three of the whole bunch, but they still contributed, you know. Yeah, well, here's one for you. We'll talk about the probably one of the most expensive free agents for the Cowboys to figure out. And I mentioned him at the news and updates was Dalton Schultz. Now, they're looking into the franchise tag part. The issue being is his valuation right now is at eleven million, and the franchise tag for a tight end at the moment is twelve. <sighs> yeah. See, my my problem with that is that means your backup tight end is earning eight million dollars, uh, and this is where we're going. <laughs> yeah. No, so it, it, it's a lot of money for tight end. Yeah, we, we are wasting a lot of money on just two players in the one position where it's <clears throat> it should be it, like don't you, you're really out with like, well, well you will use double tight ends in certain circumstances, but you're never going to use both of them all the time on the field. That's quite is an expensive way to run that, and I'm sure Jerry and Steven are well on top of that. Um, I mean, because at the time when we gave Blake Jarwin that contract, we thought he was going to be that guy, but. Mm-hmm. Injuries like and whatever it, it's kind of took its toll, and Dalton Schultz is kind of out like outperformed our expectations, kind of like what Terrence Steele has kind of done this season. Like Dalton Schultz has been a savior in, in the position. Like we kind of thought we were going to struggle at tight end, but no, we haven't. So yeah, yeah. I think mean, I, 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 I think at the same at the same time though. Like sorry, sorry, but at the same time, it's Schultz does I'm putting my feet up on this I think, one. <laughs> I think Schultz deserves a good payday after the 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 work he's put in for those two seasons for sure. But yeah. I just really struggle to think how, like, if we were to afford them, where does that leave Blake and vice versa? Like, if we uh, uh, like, if we don't 
sign like oh, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I think I think we'll be looking at um, J- Jerry and Stephen will be talking to Blake Jarwin and seeing if they'll if they'll take a pay cut. Um, on because he has on a reduced his... role now. Yeah, he's on a reduced role. Um, Blake um, Jarwin, right? I can do this for you. What if I could save you on a restructure with Blake Jarwin, one point eight million on his contract? Does that convince you to keep him? Although restructuring will tail up the back end of his contract. But the issue with me going back to my original comment about um, taking a wide receiver in the second round is if you don't sign Dalton Schultz, right? And it's going to cost you, say, 11 on the cap. Graham, as he said, Blake Jarwin's already on the hook for eight. That's a lot of money. But let's say they don't keep Schultz. Now, your options out there at the moment, as it stands, would be Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Blake Jarwin, and Simi Fahoko. That's your options going out there now. So, well, Simi Fahoko is unproven. He's not really touched the field. This is where, 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 where we're going. And you've got what? nothing behind him at tight end. So, going back to when we were talking about... He's not going to be. He's. <sighs> I like McEwen, but he's still got a long way to go. For me, yeah. I feel he's still got more development he needs to do. Here's the final, mate. We said the exact same thing about Schultz when we brought him in. Yeah, I, and but, you know it would be sad to see Schultz go because uh, when we had Dave Hellman well, on, well, I made this comment that it always seems to be the Cowboys, the ones that draft these later round tight ends. Work them for years, develop them, and then release them back into the league. It seems to yeah, be the way we do it. Yeah, <laughs> you look at, I, I, you look I'm, at I'm, Jeff Swain that's playing in uh, Tennessee at the moment. He obviously was a big part of their offense this season. Yeah. Um, obviously not not as high powered as Dalton Schultz has been, but the the problem certainly in those days is that we had Jason Witten as a prog- progress stopper more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have that this year, but yes, we're because of the because of the effect of COVID and on the league revenue. You know, obviously the salary cap has only gone up to where it should have been last year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you know, again, again, you could argue that we should have got that done two years ago, and we wouldn't would we would have had more money available this year. Um, but we've just got to. We've got to we've got to play with what we've got, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we've got this. We've got decisions to make. I mean, yeah, and Blake that... Jarwin is a is a tricky one to cut because well, if we were to cut him, he put two million in a dead cap spot. Just to, on... just to add, just, I'm just sorry, Graham. I'm just kind of looking through the comments here, and we're having mm-hmm. quite a few mixed reactions towards the whole yeah, tight end yeah, yeah. position, and 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 I do tend to agree in terms of the the run blocking. In terms of blocking, yeah. both Jarwin and Schultz are not the best at blocking. I think we can all agree on that. But in terms of a threat going downfield, both of them can be that. But Schultz right now seems to be the more proactive type of guy we've got going for that. So Falling over I, slowly is how I call it. So, honestly, like... 
and who's it made the comment about t- drafting the tight end? Somebody mentioned this is where goes, I was just about yeah, to go. Was, this was what I was yeah. trying to bring it around about. That yeah, if you for, don't keep Jarwin, we know that Blake. Uh, sorry, if we don't keep Schultz, we release yeah. him into the league. Yeah. Blake Jarwin, we know he's great up the scene as a scene runner, red hot. So but that's you, his one trick. He can't so, block. So now tight end is a big issue. We And we've t- spoken about the O-line being an issue. How do you help your O-line? Get a decent block in tight end that can also catch. Mm-hmm. Bla- if, if, if Schultz goes, tight end becomes a priority position. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want just just at this point, I want to remind everybody that we've still got 94's agent on the phone and it's ringing and he wants to be paid. Do you, you know, want to go down we, that road? We oh, can't absolutely. We can't keep yeah, everybody. Well, 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 I think Randy Dreader is definitely somewhere we need to talk about for sure. Okay. Can I interest you on his valuation? And his valuation is oh, based... God. Me and Lorne... No, no, no. You'd be quite interested in this. His valuation is based on, obviously, um, what's happened in the past. But you could probably get him to sign a contract for 3.8 a year. What? Yeah. No. That's his valuation right now. No. Surely yeah. not. And the league war. average for his no. is, is is and the league average right now for his position playing at his level is at two point uh, is sorry, is at seven point nine. So no. he's no so Rand, he's, Randy Gregg he's if you he's said at least five million dollars. If you said I would say that if based on if it was wrong based on history and you said at least five, then yeah, mm. I'd be like, oh, makes sense. But I tend to agree with Graham. It's like I was expecting the numbers to be like ten million dollars or something. No, like that. no. Uh, you got to remember that against the cap this year, against the cap in twenty twenty one, it was only a million. Yeah, I mean, so so educate me on this one. So, yeah, if if we do get Randy on like that cheap deal and stuff like that, because that seems to be the whole biggest talking point is about his evaluation stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How do we see our Salary cap work if we do get presented like that three point was it three point eight? Three point eight is what he can is what he's valued at, obviously right. due to and past history. Is that, is, is, is that based per year or is that based per, on... per year depending on so say um, for example how they got... structure it? Right. Okay. So so how does that leave, like if we were to get them on that how does that leave us for the rest of the cap that's what i'm trying to think now for depends how how they spread it out on how they do it right okay yeah, yeah. you don't know like it, it that, that's what they're saying it would be on average over a number of years it doesn't talk about how it's structured or or what incentives or what's guaranteed there's going to be a market for randy gregory Someone's, I would, someone's it, would be, it would be a minor miracle if the Cowboys could get Gregory on 3.8. And and, and I don't know about, about you, but like as much as I, I can't see Randy going to another team after what the Cowboys have done for him by sticking They've stuck through him. it, yeah. Like they stuck by him for everything. We actually ourselves, we were guilty of it ourselves saying oh, Randy has no future, blah, 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 blah. Then he's finally turned over his sleeves. And now we're starting to see that. And we're like, yeah, you know what? We were wrong. So let's keep him. Keep him at yeah. Dallas. So, I, I, and I don't think, like, like from Randy's standpoint, I don't think he would want to go anywhere else because he wouldn't have that support tree like yeah. he has at Dallas. 
Like, mm-hmm. if he was to go to another team, those other teams might not treat him the way, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no none of that uh, mental health support, none of the, like, the programs to get keep on on track and that as well. So that's what I'm kind of wondering with us. I, yeah. I brought up I brought up the point when we talked about during the season, and I'm going to bring it up again. In five years, Randy Gregory has made $5.7 million in his mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. He yep. wants he wants paid. It's, it's a long life after Ooh. football, and I bet he wants paid. Here's a great comment. Having Quinn back may come into consideration for Randy as well. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm, he got those guys fired up. Um, mm-hmm. But a big one for me when I was looking through it is I, I think about, um, obviously, you know, positions of need. So you can try and fill those gaps before the draft. Wide receiver was the one I was looking at. Tight end was another. But I think a big one at the moment, because as it stands, is we've only got two guys playing the position, is linebacker. So i <laughs> uh, gone in to have a look at Leighton Van Der Esch who started to turn it on towards the end of the year, um, looking much better. Would you consider keeping him, even if it's on a one-year deal, for 4.7 on the cap? Or are you cutting ties there because of the the injury history mm. and that it's, it wasn't a full... You didn't get a full season of production out of him. For 4.7? That's a reduction, is it not? It is. Because he's on, he's on, he must be on around $5 million now. Yes. Uh, so, sorry. Against the cap this year, he was, um, it was 3.8. I'd probably move on, to be perfectly honest. My only, there... my only thought, Paul, is the point that you keep bringing up that we're thin at linebacker. Mm. Is you know, the issue so, like, like because Cox is coming, it, it, well, Jabril Cox is Jabril Cox it is the big one, but obviously he's injured. Um, so we are thin at linebacker, but you know when you think of the amount of draft capital they've spent on linebacker position, are they going to have to do it again? I mean, yeah. if, if they don't, if they don't bring in, if they don't keep Van Der Esch and struggle to bring somebody else in, you're effectively saying that Micah Parsons is a linebacker next year. You're you going to have you restricting him. You yeah. don't have the depth to play anybody else. No. Do you get what I mean? So if, yeah, if, yeah. If, if they can, if they if they keep Van Der Esch, at least they can build on that and use Parsons as as the utility player. Uh-huh. I mean, I I generally do think Van Der Esch will probably get more money elsewhere as well. To be honest, like they'll probably see him more of a having that. Like they'll probably utilize him. To a more certain extent, but um, I mean, there's some really good linebackers coming out this year. I think, like the linebacker maybe... position, off ball, and depending really what you you're trying to do, it's not too bad. Um, it's and not it's a lot like, that you can jiggery pokery with I would, some I would of say, it too. I would say not comparison to last year because there were so many linebackers you would love to have, like coming to Dallas, like, and we well, we got two of them. Obviously, with Cox and, and Parsons, yeah, yeah. But, could but, could Christian Harris be an option, Mike? We very much could be. 
I, 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 I like the idea. Of I noticed having... you're picking a lot of Alabama guys, mine, Gray. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, was, just, I, only because they only because they get half the roster drafted every. I know. Every yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do have the most players uh, in the NFL. I don't I know about you guys, but I'm I'm yeah. all for having some uh, having some a. Uh, some Scottish pride in, in the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah, David. yeah. <laughs> yeah, David Ojabo. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if, um, anyone, if anyone doesn't know who David Ojabo is, he plays for Michigan. And uh, he's, not, he's, he's born in Nigeria, but he's lived in Scotland since he was, what, what three years old, pretty much? Yeah, something so, like so, that. So, but we consider him Scottish, and he considers himself Scottish. So, but he's having a fantastic year at Michigan, and Lauren, what what was the question that you asked to um, the draft? I draft well, one of the things I'd asked was obviously he's he's an edge player. Um, so if we weren't able to sign Randy, uh, heaven forbid, and if Ojabo drops to to twenty four, would that be an option? Because he he's certainly got the pass rushing skills. He's he's a little bit. He needs to um, toughen up a bit against the run, but yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that you know, if we don't get Randy Gregory, then you're almost guaranteeing that Parsons will be an edge player. Mm-hmm. If you got because you need somebody to to match up against Tank Lawrence on the, on the other side, so that you're you know if you've got Gregory, you can have Gregory and you can have Tank Lawrence, and then that allows you the 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 luxury of having uh, Parsons playing off the ball linebacker and maybe blitzing because you need to make him free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, if if we don't get if we don't get um, Gregory back, then you know Parsons probably needs to become a, a full time edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're talking that we're needing to go for the we're needing to go all the way again on on linebacker this year. Um, yeah, because I mean, Keanu Neal, uh, as uh, as fine as he looked, I think towards like try him trying to play more into the box, put some of the weight on. I just think that experiment, as good as it, it was looking to begin with, it didn't pan out in the end. Um, yeah. So he's not a guy I'm looking to go down. Um, could I interest you in keeping both Brent Urban and Carlos Watkins, both of them, for less than a mil? Yeah. Well, you could have done like that, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that, if, if, under the evaluation, they both can. Um, but an interesting one for me was uh, Dorrance Armstrong, um, who, yeah, started that to like old chestnut. That old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he, I'm always. I'm. I'm always. I'm all. I've always been standoffish with him because yeah, he always comes into camp and looks red hot. And then just disappears in the regular yeah, season. That, that, but that didn't happen this that. year. Like, yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, it's, like it's, well, I just hope that's not the same case with Osa de Rizur, to be honest, because he had a fantastic yeah. pre-season day, uh, season. But we hardly actually saw some of that during the whole regular season. Well, he, he hit the rookie wall, didn't he? The yeah, first half of the season were, was fine, but then the back, I, you know, he hit that rookie wall that we always see. But yeah. um, you know, looking at Dorrance Armstrong, five sacks, uh, three tackles for a loss. Well, we got two pass defense. Uh, um, 
22 solo, 14 assists, and he only played he played less than half the snaps. Um could give him a bigger role, but you can on his evaluation, um I, I you know, you're looking at it, yeah, three point six. Hmm. It's tempting. Mm. But it's, it depends what type of guy you're going to get. Because the issue I got is the safety position as well. Because we seemed to crack the code last year with the safety position. And it starts for me with two guys. J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. <sighs> and this is where it breaks your heart. Because what are you going to do yet? Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker. I'm very tempted on this. Two and a half mil. Yes. Yeah. Because yep. he, start, he was starting... To come along, I think at around that price on his valuation, I think you could you could make that deal. The issue is when you get to J. Ron Curse, and this does break my heart because I don't think, although I do believe they need to make him a priority to somehow keep him, depending on how. Um, this is where it gets dicey. J. Ron Curse is just shy of six mil on his valuation, oh. and he's turned it right on, especially when you think right. Think about this: that the Cowboys this year had him for less than one mil on the cap. But see, yeah, that's really, how well he played. According to over the cap, he played eighty-eight percent of the snaps, so he's a full-on starter. So yeah. you, you've got to pay for talent. You've got and to especially talent. as well when you think that that well, you you know you say he played eighty-eight percent of the stats. He's a star. Didn't even start the season off that way. No, no. It wasn't. It took the first quarter of the season for the coaching staff to figure out that he was a tight end killer, and that's how they were going to use him and utilize him. I mean, to throw a blanket over it, we've got Kers, Kazi, yeah. and Hooker all in free agency. We need to yeah. keep at least one because see that's if we don't keep it, so see if we don't keep at least one, we're starting again. And what's mm-hmm. the point? Of keeping we're back Dan to Quinn? the cowboy safety problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the point in keeping Quinn if we're going to let all these chess pieces go? So, you don't keep J. Ron Curse, and this is why I'm asking this question. In the first round, right, you get the chance. He falls to you. Do you pull the trigger? You can take one of the inside offensive line guys or Kyle Hamilton who's fallen to you. I, I, at that moment, I'm, go, I'm going down the safety road because Kyle Hamilton will completely change your defense. He is that good. It's the Cowboys' history of drafting safeties. Yeah, yeah. Absolute logic in it, but I just, you know, there's that voice going, yeah, but they don't do that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got other options because I, I've watched a couple of guys and I'm like, man, you could take this guy, you know, in the third round, which is, is still a push with the Cowboys' mind, but it does seem like that that would be a good option. But, um, yeah, they were the guys really I was looking at. The only other guys I wanted to ask you about, we spoke about Noah Brown, so the special teams guys. Jake McQuaid, who I think did a great job. I think he, he was, yeah. he came in, yeah, it, it hit the floor perfectly. Brian Anger. Um, oh, he's been great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Need Do you want me to find a valuation on him? Go for it. All Go right, his valuation. Brian, Brian, Brian Anger was fantastic for us. So, uh, ooh, hee, hee, hee. so he so is more. He is more than um, a guy playing at his level with his 
um, you know, at his rate. He is valued up more than. You have to pay over the odds for him at 2.7. Which I think for Punter is... So that's probably what bloody Greg Zerling's on right now. <laughs> I mean, I know Punters are people too, but... They are. Could we not just go and get Niswander or something like that for half the value? Yeah. Miss Wander is still under contract with us. So. Mm. Well, that's, um, an even, that's an even bigger temptation. Yeah. And the, the only other guy I, w- I was really thinking about was Maurice Kennedy. And I know people are like cornerback, but think about what he was worth to on special teams. And he made more special team tackles than any other player on the roster. And his evaluation is only coming in at league minimum. We liked Kennedy at the start of the season, if I remember right. Yeah, we did. You know, we, we thought did. he could he yeah. could make inroads as a corner. So, yeah, if, if he wants to come and build on it, certainly, absolutely. Mm. But I mean, they were the guys really I was looking at. But it's more of a point of who you guys would take. So uh, I, you know, at the moment, the way I see it is, you're going to keep maybe. Malik Turner, I don't know, but it's it for me. Safety is a problem because what do you do? Because you can only keep. For me, you're only keeping Curse or Hooker. You're not keeping both because that's a lot of money they'd have to invest. Yeah. So now safety is a problem. We just said now we're not keeping Keanu Neal or Leighton Van Resch. So linebacker is an issue, and yeah. looking at the costs of what you do with wide receiver. Um, obviously now wide receiver becomes an issue uh, you know you can keep Gallup but there's this huge gap there and it really revolves around what they decide to do at tight end because if they do nothing with that you're going to tight end is an issue linebackers we just said is already an issue and wide receiver is something you need to look at too tied in with safety yeah I mean I, I suppose it would be in answering all these questions, it would be nice to know how they're going to restructure and who they're going to restructure because it's, it's bound to happen. They um, will do that, yeah. I mean, we're over the cap as it is. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to know how much we're going to have to play with, especially well, with we... Randy Gregory. Yeah, yeah, and, and here we go. Is The issue is obviously, yeah, Randy Gregory is priority as well that there's a lot going on here and this is goes back to what i was saying during the fan run is that it was a talent roster this year there's over the next couple of years depending on how these guys progress depends on you know like your goldstons uh for instance you know how they come along depends on how well your roster is going to be but um going through contracts like with demarcus lawrence for instance uh, against the cap this year is 27 mil. That puts him as the, the the second defensive end in the NFL. But I I can restructure. I can get you a restructure that gives you around about 12 million back on the cap. Would you do that? Or uh, what you can also do, which I'm not a big fan of, is if you made him a uh, post-June cut, He'll put eight million on your dead cap, but he'll put nineteen million back in your cap. That's how you get back in savings. Remind me who it is we're talking about. <laughs> Demarcus Lawrence. I 
I or agree. do you just keep him and, and, and keep, because of what he's worth? Because if you do cut him to make the cap space, now you need to go and find yourself a right defensive end. Yep. I I I think we're going to rest- we'll probably restructure him now. I mean, I I don't like this um, restructuring. I mean, I know, yeah, because it we, puts we, it all on the back end. About, yeah, we talk about Ty- Tyron Smith. I mean, we've been it was a it was a team friendly deal when he signed it back at the end mm-hmm. of his rookie contract. Yeah. Um, but every so every year we seem to have converted money into signing bonus that then gets apportioned over X number of years. I think mm-hmm. this is his last season with us, and then there's void years on his contract the next couple of years, which again kick in next year. So you know there'll be a massive there'll be a massive charge against the cap for him next year. Um and potentially we either need to sign him to another deal or, you know, say goodbye to him and let him go off into the sunset. So you're almost at the same thing where, you know, we joked about the Eagles having to pay for Carson Vents to play for um, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, You know, we might have something similar where we're paying Tyron to be playing, suiting up for God knows who. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, because there is obviously the tank issue, and the other one is, of course, as well, is the Amari Cooper issue. That I think this team is better with him than without him. Um, but he is costing a lot of money on the cap for what he is. Um, and this year in twenty twenty two, they can by just if they cut him outright as soon as the season finishes, is six million in dead cap. 16 million in cap savings and they'll get that for the next few years too yep see again I go I go back to when we're talking about getting under the cap I go back to the point I keep making about Randy Gregory so according to over the cap mm-hmm. four teams have 58 million dollars in cap space right as it stands right now that four teams have at least 58 Eight million dollars. Chargers, Bengals, Jaguars, and Dolphins. Are you telling me that not one of those teams is going to offer Randy Gregory eighteen million dollars? Is the next issue is yeah, you've got teams. With tell, I mean, at space. least one of those teams could phone and say, right, Randy, I can write all sorts of names on this check, all sorts of numbers on this check. What's it going to be? Because he's the top defensive end pass rusher available mm. and yep. you may not necessarily get one in the draft and I just think with these teams sitting with all that money there if they go and get Gregory that's one less need on day one of the draft where they can go and supplement something else Yeah. So I, I find it really really difficult that we're going to keep Randy Gregory so now going back to what we were saying about um, all the rest of it when you look at the free agent um, parts that are going because I can't see them keeping Connor Williams either. A lot of people are saying, I want inside offensive linemen, totally agree. But if the guy falls to you like a tight end or a safety in the first round, looking at that now with what could potentially happen, does your mind slightly change off that idea? I mean, uh, I when you look, uh, not, not so much about team need, but team depth. Uh-huh. When you think I, there's no linebackers, no safeties, and no yeah. wide receivers, and Dalton Schultz goes, no tight end. 
I mean, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I take very a very light view of college football. I, I, I watch barely any of it, to be perfectly yeah. honest. This is when I do my college stuff now, when <laughs> the, the, the Cowboy season is over. So, like you're saying, Mike, um, Linder, Linderbaum and Green will have gone by 24, I have no doubt. Mm-hmm. So, do I want to stretch for an interior just to make it happen? No. Especially no. when, with the interior depth, the interior depth isn't too bad. You can probably wait and get a guy not as talented as those first-round guys, but you can get something close to with what you've got on the inside offense lineman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a difficult one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, just the the, the point of, of putting that all together with free agency is everybody seems to think that it's it, it's black and white. The obvious solution is inside offensive line, but once you break it down and you go through the free, which was the idea of doing this one, yeah. So that now moving on, we can just yeah. start going through positions and talking about them. It's just to highlight that it isn't as simple. That when you start breaking it down and you look at the pieces yeah. that are disappearing the cap space that the Cowboys have and the valuation of those players is just not as simple as, oh, there's gaps in the offensive line, let's just fill it. And see, for anybody thinking, we'll just trade up, you're probably going to have to give they up... They don't have the capital. Exactly. You're probably going to have to give up 2023's first rounder to do it. Yeah. So and the issue you've got is you've got, you've got division rivals that we have, so the NFC East, who are picking high in the draft and the Eagles with three first-round drafts. Yeah. yeah, and did the Eagles not lose an inter- Did the Eagles not lose a guard today? Did yeah, the, um, Eagles guard retire? Brandon... Yeah, Brandon... Brandon... Knight? Not Knight. Knight. No. Uh, no, not... <laughs> no. uh, that would be Hodley. something... Yeah, that would be something uh, interesting if he was there. Let me... Brandon Brooks. Nah, there we yep. go. After 10 years. So, I mean, straight away, you're looking 15, 16. They're all over green. You know? So, does he get to 24? Probably not. Linderbaum, probably the same. So, what you're saying is valid, Mike. I mean, it, fair enough. We need we need the interior line. But if it's not there, don't, don't reach for it. I mean, unless and, they pull Unless they pull out a, a Travis Frederick out of nowhere, but <laughs> yeah. what are the odds but of that, really? It is just or, or the, just the point of doing it is that you know when they don't or if they don't draft an a, an offensive lineman in the first round, people are just going to be like, well, "What the hell is going on?" And it's just it's to highlight the bigger. Uh, the full scope uh, of what you're trying to do, and then once you get into that, you're talking now about draft sequencing, which is probably more important than your first round pick is the sequence of which you go down for the next two days. Yeah, and that, that and that, that's what it boils down to. That it, you could take a, a guy in the second round, and people will be going, uh, and you know, say they take a wide receiver in the first round or a tight end for instance, in the first round, and people go up in arms about it. It's just, here's your big picture. What what are you playing with? That that they haven't got the capital to be spending to retain all of these guys. It would be lovely to, but it's just not possible. So the next way, the next round that you go into is in the draft. 
what are you prioritizing yeah i mean i suppose the other alternative is that they they speak to somebody with a high cap and say could they prize a, a center or a guard out for a third or fourth round pick you know somebody that's already in the league and somebody needs to get under the cap and i, mean, I know the raiders had cap issues and had to get rid of a lot of their offensive uh, line they had to get rid of one of their fingers in the offensive lineman um which was someone I actually thought that could have been someone we could have picked up. Mm. But, yeah, I think... Yeah, but do you see what I mean, though? Nice when I was saying... What I was trying to say to you about wide receiver in the second round, that's what... Immediately, the first thing is to say no. But the point was, is that, well, hold on, let me break it down for you. And then when you break it down and you look at it, you go, oh, right, yeah, okay. There is something more I mean, to it than just simply that. You only have to go back what two years a year ago we, we we weren't we weren't too excited about cd lamb for for what we needed um, paul's reaction to that show was quite exactly i always say to you but i like i always say just have your mind open for the draft have it open because it's it's going to happen especially when it's jerry <laughs> yeah I, mean, I don't think many of us saw the michael parsons pick I died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was it who came on? Oh, Mickey Spagnola. When yeah, we had Mickey. Mickey Spagnola on for the draft show, he was going, <laughs> telling you. And who was it who was with us? Was it Derek Eagleton as well? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, Derek. And Derek was yeah. going, Really? You fit? And he's going, I'm telling you. And lo and behold, yeah. Don't ever go against the Spags. That's all I'm saying. Never, never go against Spags. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll try and get him back on, actually. I'll have a word with him and see what we can do. But we do have some guests coming on during the draft show, so it won't just be us rambling on. But that is this week's the free agent review. Um, give us your comments uh, after show. Let us know who you want to keep or who you, you don't mind releasing. Um, and next week, we'll get into positional uh, reviews and we've got it all coming up. Mock drafts a lot, um, scouting reports. So don't worry, you are in safe hands here. But if you are going to go to a game next year, make sure you book it with Cowboys Experience. Uh, they have the meet and greets, tailgate parties, game day packages, hotels a lot. Um, so of course, make sure you use the booking code UK Cowboys because then you get free stuff. Free stuff. You get free stuff. Free <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, um, we have been watching and scouting college football all season. So uh, dra uh, draft boards are going up. I will share them with everybody so you can have a look. Um, but that is going to be next week's show. We are only on Thursdays now. There's no reason for a post game show on a Tuesday unless we get. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but for people going to the draft, uh, the Super Bowl party, we'll see you there. Uh, keep those questions coming in for there. But from myself and the guys, we'll see you all next week. Uh, and to answer your question, Chris, yes, you do. It's for everybody, you just got to let them know where it came from. Yep. And yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to let these guys sign off, and we'll see you all next Thursday. Stay safe and enjoy the championship weekend. Catch you later, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, See have a good time. week, guys. Enjoy the championship weekend, knowing that the Green Bay Packers have had the best quarterbacks for the best part of 30 years and only had two Super Bowls out of it. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send that to my dad. <laughs> <laughs>
Here's an interesting fact if you want to go down that road. Aaron Rodgers won the same amount of playoff games this year as Dak. Oh, well, yeah. see us. Anyone but 49ers. Anyone but them. <laughs> All right. See you all next week, guys. 49ers. See you later, guys. Yeah. <laughs>